welcome to the Winchester Business Improvement District podcast series. Winchester Bid supports businesses in Winchester City Centre and this series will showcase the service sector. In this episode we'll be talking about legal services and we're joined by Hugh Miles of Paris Smith Solicitors. Amongst other things, we'll discuss how to choose the right legal firm and the differing legal needs of startups, SMEs and large corporate businesses. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Jan and welcome to the Winchester Business Improvement District podcast. And today in the studio, I'm here with Hugh. Hi, I'm Hugh Miles and I'm with Paris Smith. We're a law firm. Thank you. And also Amy. Hi, my name's Amy Shepherd. I'm Marketing Manager at Winchester Bid. And today we're talking about all things legal. So Hugh, I'm hoping to come to you first and just ask if you can explain a little bit more in depth about what Paris Smith do. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm pleased to be here uh, and happy to make a contribution to the podcast. I think it's a a fantastic initiative and and very exciting. Uh, We're 200 years old this year as a law firm. So we have a fair bit of history uh, that we can talk about in terms of the Mm. services that we provide. Uh, We have 35 partners uh, at last count. That number keeps growing and about 220 people in total. Wow. And we have two offices in Winchester. Uh, One of those is at number nine Parchment Street and the other is in Crown Walk. And you're just based in Winchester or are you based? We're in Southampton as well. We've been based predominantly in uh, Southampton for about 200 years uh, and in Winchester for the last three years in Hampshire as a whole uh, for that period. Wow, that's amazing. 200 years of a law firm. I don't know how how long law firms normally um, exist for, but 200 years seems quite a long time. We're not alone. (laughs) It is quite rare and obviously it's something we're, we're very proud of. Uh, we didn't get there easily. No. Uh, and we hope that we'll go on for a similar period, obviously. Yeah. And how long have you been with Paris Smith? 23 years. Wow. It's the only law firm that I've ever worked in, in fact. That's incredible. Uh, I've never had a good reason to leave and I've always felt very well looked after there. So Fantastic. Uh, well, that's a really good Good to place hear. to work. Great. Um, so I wonder if I can kick off with the first question um, and just ask you, what are the main reasons that businesses would come to you or come to a legal service? So if you think about it, Mm -hmm. law surrounds everything, whether you're an individual or a business, it doesn't really matter. Everything that we do in life is governed by a set of rules, Mm. um, whether that comes from Europe or whether it comes from our own parliament, whether Mm. it comes from the local council or the place that you work. Everything has a set of rules that we all have to understand and then apply. Mm. Um, So... It's almost an infinite response to that. If you're a business, I think it depends on scale. It depends Mm -hmm. on whether you're starting up or whether you've been going for a very long time. And I would say there are two broad categories. One is that you have to look at the business itself. Yeah. So um, that's the body of the business, if you like, how it works, the structure, the people that work Mm -hmm. in it. Mm Uh, how you pay those people, how you resolve disputes with your own employees or business owners. And the other uh, is then to look at the operation of the business itself. So there you'd be looking at your commercial contracts, Mm. international uh, competition, uh, IP, trademarks, brand protection, 
IT, all of that kind of stuff mm. that's to do with the business activities themselves rather than the business itself. And have you found that any of those particular aspects have increased over the last few years with the rise of digital companies and the rise of technology? Or are you dealing with similar types of... I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the, the digital angle. Um, that's undoubtedly been huge mm. for us, mm. uh, particularly IP, yeah. uh, protection of brands, mm. uh, protection of intellectual property, obviously. Mm. Uh, it's much easier now to try to get hold of somebody else's secrets over a computer, whereas previously you'd probably have to break a few locks or smash a few windows <laughs> to do it. Obviously, that's not the case in 2018. Mm. So mm. that's been a real growth area mm. for us. Uh, I think the international angle and the globalisation that's been brought about, so it's not just Europe, but the whole globe, uh, trade now, obviously, is very much focused on uh, the internet. Uh, so that's been a, a big feature of what we do as well. Excellent. Thank you. And just you have touched on, on Europe a little bit there and you've mentioned international. And this has been a sort of theme of, of some of the questions we've been asking is how has Brexit affected you or your your clients? Well, I think it's, it? it's, it's affected everybody Yeah, um, is the first thing. Uh, you only need to read the financial press over a period of time or watch the news at 10. Mm. We know there's been, uh, in a totally apolitical way, I'm not a political person mm. anyhow, uh, but there has been an impact mm. because there's been a great deal of uncertainty as to what's going to happen, uh, how far various different business sectors are going to be affected. And what that means is businesses tend not to invest and consumers tend not to spend in the high street. Mm. So um, I think you've seen an immediate impact there on the retail sector, mm. for example, which isn't just about people shopping online. That's entirely about people worrying about how much money they're going to okay. have in their pocket you know, over the course of the next couple of years. Mm. Mm. So we've all seen an impact. As an economy, we're lagging behind most major Western economies, obviously, and particularly in the Eurozone, as mm. you would call it. So, yes, there's been an impact. If the question is, have I seen a business impact yeah. yet, whether on the firm or on our clients? I'd say probably not, really. Okay. There was a bit of a slowdown with construction and property investment mm. for a while yeah. when the Brexit vote was first mm. uh, announced. Yeah. But since then, things have picked back up. Mm. Uh, and I think it will be actually many years before we know how this is going to unwind mm. and, and what the true outcome There's is. There's so much uncertainty, isn't there? I mean, but you just don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to pan out and... Could you tell us a little bit more perhaps about the laws or what you expect to... Well, there are a few things we do know. We know that everything is the same today, the mm. same as it was when we took the Brexit vote because yeah. we haven't come out yet. Yep. We know that we won't come out until the end of the Article 50 process mm. and the, the period of negotiation that's going on. We know that there are going to be transitional arrangements. Mm. Theresa May has already announced that we're going to pass uh, a new law, which means that... The day that we come out of Europe, mm. all of the law that applies to us now will still apply to so us. So that'll continue. So it won't be a light bulb going yeah, off and yeah. suddenly we're fumbling around in the dark, mm. bumping mm. into the furniture and getting a black eye. It won't be like that at all. Mm. Everything legally will be exactly the same. 
Okay. There'll then be a long process after that mm. where clearly our own parliament will, will look at whether these are the laws that we still want and over a period of 5, 10, 15, mm. however many years, yeah. then we'll start to change things so that they look more EK, uh, UK than, than EU, okay. whatever that looks like. So nothing to panic about just yet for your sector. Nothing but, to but panic something about. Something to consider. And I think in terms of planning for it, yeah. you wouldn't rush into an mm. accountant or a law firm or any other professional service now, but you would take a good look at your business, where you do your business and how you do it, so that you are ready to go and take the appropriate advice when we know what the changes are going to be. Mm. Mm. And I think the crucial thing always with everything, including business, is that you adapt quickly. Yeah. You don't have to predict the future. You just have to deal with it as fast as you can when you know what it is. Mm. Excellent. That's really good advice. Thank you, Hugh. I just wonder um, if I could sort of pose a little scenario for you. So say I'm a startup um, or a, say a growing business or a startup. What do you foresee my immediate needs to be in terms of legal services that I might need? Well, the first thing that you would need to do is make sure you've got some funding yep. because you're not going to get your business off the ground without some seed capital, mm. obviously. Mm. Um, and lawyers and firms of accountants specialise in raising finance mm. for business. Uh, banks are not the only place you can go. There'd be a variety of options. But obviously, you then need to have those arrangements looked at from a legal perspective. Yeah. So finance is definitely one. Mm. Uh, another one goes back to the point that I was making about looking at the body of the business itself. You would obviously want to know what kind of business you're going to be. Mm. Are you going to be doing it on your own? Will you be in partnership with others? If you are, how's that going to work? Yep. Would it actually make more sense for you to be a limited company? Because uh, that's a very different uh, way of operating mm. a business mm. to anything else that I've mentioned. Uh, and has to be set up in a completely different way. Yeah. And the other thing that you've got to think about, obviously, is at the point of getting the business set up, how is it going to operate? Uh, what are you going to do in terms of employees if you have them with their contracts? How are you going to comply with the mass of regulatory law that yeah. applies to us in almost every facet of life? So if you bump your foot on a chair, that's a health and safety yeah. issue. Yeah. If you're having a beer with somebody after work and you happen to mention something that was confidential, you're going to have a major problem mm. uh, with that, obviously. So there are all sorts mm. of examples of things that you need to understand and know really for day one of, mm. of the business if you're going to run it in a, in a safe and proper way. And that comes back to your original point, which you made, which is that we are interacting with law and laws all the time. It comes into everything we do and, and everything we spend our time doing. Well, that's right. You only have to walk down the street yeah. and you're surrounded by mm. the bylaws of mm. wherever you mm. live, whether you know them or not, and the laws of the country, whether mm. you know them or not. And it's every facet of, of life, personal and business. I wonder if I could just ask you specifically about Winchester in terms of the clients that you would deal with in Winchester, obviously not mentioning any names, but we talked a little bit about startups and SMEs. What are the kinds of businesses that you're dealing with in, in, in the Winchester offices? Well, very largely leaving the private client side of the business to one side, mm. which is the, the, the family side and the yeah. tax and estate planning side and focusing purely on business. Mm. Much of it is property-based. Yeah. Um, obviously, lease renewals, mm. assignments, mm. negotiation of terms, 
uh, landlord and tenant disputes if you're having some kind of issue with the, the landlord in the premises that you rent. So that's one obvious aspect. Yeah. Um, the commercial side comes in as well because obviously the businesses in Winchester uh, need the body of the business looking after. Mm. They also need the operations of the business looking after. Um, so that that's a, a big thing for us here as well. And of course, we're in Winchester. It's all about retail, leisure, yes. restaurants, uh, lovely wine bars, all of these <laughs> sorts of things that make life worth living. Yes. Um, and we've been very heavily into that sector for uh, a long time. Um, retail and leisure is, is one of our major specialisms in commercial property. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for bringing the specifics there on that. That's really helpful. So as a business owner, how would you choose some legal services and what are the sort of things that you would recommend that business owners consider when choosing legal services? Again, I think that's a question of scale. So mm. we'll start with a little business that might just be one person or a small group of people. Yeah. Um, there are legal directories that you can look in to get a start. Mm. That will help you narrow down who specialises in what you think you need. Yeah. And you can then make contact with a shortlist that you've drawn up in consultation with other business owners uh, if there's more than one of you. Mm. I think that... You need to be sure that you can work and have a, a meaningful legal professional relationship with the person who's working for you. Yeah. Um, most businesses will have a, a long-term relationship with a law firm mm. and that can be mutually beneficial both ways, Yeah. particularly when a small business develops and becomes a medium-sized mm. business or a big business. There are all sorts of things that you have to consider about that around financing and structure uh, and all the challenges that we talked about businesses facing yeah. earlier. Yeah. And lawyers and legal services are a big part of that along the way. Uh, big businesses mm. do things in naturally a very different mm. way. And they will have a very clear idea of what their legal needs are. Yeah. And in fact, they will they'll go out to market. They will choose a number of law firms that they will invite to tender for right. their work. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've got them in every uh, city and major town mm. and they're outside the studio now. I won't mention the names, but major supermarket chains, for example. Yes will invite you to tender for their business. Uh, you will provide a wealth of information, mm. uh, many rooms full of paper worth, but typically done digitally these days, uh, which good. is environmentally good, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and they will then make a choice. And I think that in terms of making that choice, the advice that I would give is not to look at price. Mm. Because price, I've always found, is hugely misguiding mm. <clears throat> in terms of what you're actually going to get. Yeah, You've got to look at the value mm. of what you're being provided with, whether it's, whether it's a good or a service. And that value is different for different people. Sure. If it's the right service for you and the right relationship for you, mm. not just for now, but in the longer term, uh, then obviously you'll pay that value. Mm. The price becomes almost irrelevant. Yeah. So what we tend to find is businesses and individuals, in fact, don't choose based on price. Almost nobody chooses on price. Mm. They choose on their experience. Yeah. They choose on how they feel. They choose on whether they have a good working relationship with the business and the individuals mm. in the business that 
uh, that work for them. Obviously, the technical expertise has to be there as yes. well. But you would hope, wouldn't you, that uh, any any reasonable professional yes. services firm will will know what they're doing. And yeah. I'm pleased to say that almost all of them do. Good. That's good to hear. And I think from my point of view, I would always consider and I would say legal services in my mind, it's an expensive investment. So I think that people would come to the table going, well, I'm going to have to pay anyway. So I might also go with the person I actually get on with the best and can develop the best relationship with. Would you say that's fair? I would say that's fair. I think it's a, it's a return on investment mm. that you have to try and work out for yourself, whether you're an individual or a business owner. Mm. Um, you would never invest significant legal fees if you didn't think you were getting proper value yeah. back. And that transaction shouldn't be neutral because mm. otherwise there's no point doing it. There has to be a real positive benefit to you. Mm. Uh, and of course, for most businesses, the answer to that is yes, of course there is. Yeah. Because again, harking back to all the regulatory and compliance challenges that we're all surrounded with, you can't actually operate as a business anymore without complying with all of the rules. So mm -hmm. you've got to get it right. It's as simple as that. And obviously, and I've been really struck by this from the beginning of our conversations, you've been around for 200 years. How long, what's the longevity of your relationships with people? Do you, do they come to you as a one-off or do people come back to you over a number of months and years? How, what's your experience of that? We're very fortunate. Um, many of the clients that we have are long-standing mm. corporates or long-standing Hampshire families. And several generations of lawyers wow. at Paris Smith have serviced the same mm. clients. Mm. So we are fortunate that we have a bedrock of very long-standing clients who are very loyal to us. Mm. And naturally, we are equally loyal to them. We tend to take the same approach with people who provide services to us also. Yeah. So we don't change our own bank or our own accountants, for mm, example, mm. on a willy-nilly basis. You have to show loyalty and you have to build relationships mm. with people. And that's really at the core of what we do. It's, it's all about the relationship and the service that you give people over a long period of time. Fantastic. I absolutely love that. So I wonder, it's, it's, a, it's a bit out of context, but this is a term I always hear when people talk about legal services or solicitors and they say, you'll be hearing from my solicitor. Do you often get people come in who are really angry and, you know, up for a fight that, that come and approach you? Only the employees. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a standard thing. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, no one uses those words. Yeah. But when things go wrong, they have to be sorted out. Mm. And things go wrong in all facets of life on a regular occasion. Mm -hmm. The important thing is how you then as a lawyer go about making them right again. Mm. And there's a huge focus now on resolving disputes outside of the court process. Okay. And there are lots of good reasons for that, especially in mm. business. If you're trading with people, mm. you don't want to have a war you don't want to break off relations and not trade with them again. Yeah. You want to carry on trading. Mm. So that future relationship has to continue, which means that you want to take that dispute away from the court and resolve it around a table in a really commercial way, mm. Mm. which is where services like mediation come in. So that's yeah. a non-court-based process where you'll have a, a neutral who tries to work with both parties, mm. yeah. identify the issues, get them talking about them and come up, come up with a solution that they can both buy into 
They go away, the dispute is gone, they carry mm. on trading mm. with each other again, for example. So yes, it's a litigious world. Yes, things mm. go wrong. Uh, but there's a lot that you can do, especially in business, to, to try and solve things the right way. Occasionally you can't. That's why we've got a court service. Yes. But of course, it's under massive pressure at present because mm. we've had a decade now of underfunding in the court system. Mm. So there aren't enough people to do the work. Yeah. It's very difficult to get a date because there aren't enough judges. Maybe there aren't enough courts. Mm. So it's mm. actually very difficult to resolve problems quickly. And as a result of that, lots of businesses will choose an alternative service, which is effectively a, a private rather than a public yeah. form of justice, which is called arbitration. Yeah. And that way you can get things done a bit quicker. Again, it's a bit more informal. Mm. And because things are done speedily and very professionally, there's a chance then of preserving more of that ongoing business relationship than there would be if you were going hammer and tongs mm. in a you know, a very long, acrimonious, uh, drawn-out court case. Mm. And presumably more cost-effective as well, because you could, at the end of the day, keep the relationship and carry on trading, as you say. Well, there's two costs. You're, you're quite right. One is the cost of the professional services mm. that you've had to buy to resolve the dispute. The second is the opportunity cost of the trade that you might lose if you can't maintain an ongoing relationship with, mm. uh, with the other party. So, yes, you're quite right. That's great. Well, I'm glad to see I'm right on something. That's brilliant. Thank you, Hugh. That's that's really great insight. I'm just wondering if we can perhaps bring our conversation a little bit back uh, to the focus of Winchester. And Amy, I wonder if I could ask you, do we have a lot of professional services in Winchester? We do. It's um, actually quite surprising. So the um, bid works with around, well, close to 800 businesses in Winchester City mm. Centre. And of those, actually, the biggest proportion of them is um, the service sector, more wow. so than retail or hospitality even. Well, you wouldn't expect that necessarily. No, not at all. Um, so for for us, um, Paris Smith are a perfect example of a service sector business who have um, found the perfect premises in mm. in the city. They've overcome a few challenges in another one of these podcast episodes we actually looked quite in depth into um, finding office space in mm -hmm. in Winchester and those sorts of issues so for us Paris Smith is an example of a, a service sector business who's successfully um, come to Winchester and then even gone on to open the the second office in the city Fantastic. which is, is really great. That's good to hear and I wonder if I could ask you Hugh what is it that you like or love about working and being in Winchester? Well the first thing uh, I should say, is that when we were looking at all the various locations that we might have gone within mm. Hampshire and Dorset, top of the list was Winchester, and this is where we came. And there are all sorts of reasons for that. It's obviously a very special place. It's a wonderful place to, to work mm. and to be. Mm. Uh, the clients that you have here, the businesses that you have here, the whole atmosphere of the places is quite different to most other places, I yeah. think. Uh, and certainly you can you can see a real difference in the way that people do business with each other. Uh, it's very respectful. Mm. It's very calm. And harking back to the point I made about long-term relationships, yeah. if any city has that with the businesses that work in it, uh, it is very certainly Winchester. And the recent business awards uh, that were organised by the bids, a classic example when you look at the businesses, uh, both that were successful on the day and that were attending yes. on the day. 
Uh, they all know each other very well. It's very close-knit and it has a real community sense to it yeah. in business as well as in personal life uh, that really makes it quite unique. I think that's a common theme. We've seen a lot recently the um, real community feel within the, the business sort of um, side of Winchester. Mm. Um, a lot of businesses we've had in on these podcasts have mentioned the exact same thing. Um, the community feel of Winchester coupled with the proximity to London mm. and it, it really just equates to a perfect location to do business. Definitely, that's just fantastic to hear. So thank you so much. And thank you, um, Amy and Hugh, for joining me today in the studio. That's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.